0: Welcome to episode number 106 of the LSR podcast. My name is Matt Brown. Joined each and every week by the brightest minds in all of the gaming industry with me. I have Dustin Galker. I have Adam Candy. You can follow them on the Twitter machine absolutely free. And you should at Dustin Galker at Adam Candy to ease. No, I if you hate yourself, you can follow me at Matt Brown. Two, we will talk about Canada. We will talk about Louisiana. We will talk about what's going on. With well, this Miami Beach mayor, we're going to see what's going on there. The Tennessee man still a mess going on in Tennessee. And then, of course, our state updates and round up. But let's kick things off here. Adam, listen, we don't get through a podcast. It seems like without talking about something that has to do with DraftKings. And uh, let's go ahead and kick things off here with something to do with DraftKings.
2: The story that we have over at Legal Sports Report by Brad Allen on DraftKings executive compensation from the past year, I think is a really important story for understanding sports betting companies going public and what can be on the back side of these things. Not that it's necessarily nefarious or anything like that. I think it's important to understand when we talk about stock price going up, when we talk about how it relates to revenue, when we talk about EBITDA for these companies, what can be, uh, you know, another part of the story, shall we say? So last year, uh, we find out that the top five DraftKings executives made more than 500 million dollars in compensation. Now. Of course, it's a number that sounds huge just off its face, but of course you have to put it into context. And so when you do put this into context, you see that the next highest group uh, that was evaluated in this report that Brad Allen is writing about says that it's about $400 million uh, in terms of average CEO compensation, specific to talking about Jason Robbins. Average in the peer group that uh, was used was about $8.3 million. Uh, Jason Robbins was north of $200 million. So the question, of course, becomes, how does this happen? Uh, what, what led to this? Now, what happened is that DraftKings, prior to going public, had set up a long-term incentive plan that could trigger on a number of different fronts. One was revenue, one was stock price, and one was EBITDA. Now, I thought what was interesting in this story is that only one of those had to hit in order for the compensation to pay out. Well, there are lots of ways to make a stock price uh, go up and You know, when you're spending at the level that DraftKings has been spending, you certainly can make it look like things are going your direction, even when uh, we see that, you know, it was a mixed bag. I mean, DraftKings obviously did acquire quite a bit of market share. Uh, They do have a number of things going positively in their direction, but the revenue losses for the company last year were substantial. And so uh, the compensation paid out to the executives, I thought was just an interesting aspect of how we look at how these companies manage themselves, how we look at revenue versus stock performance. And uh, if you haven't read it yet, I highly suggest checking out Brad's work over at Legal Sports Report on this story
0: first. Ebita, I know that's the way that you say it I feel like it should be abita because it sounds a little bit more sexy like like you, uh, like no, a, you, you know like like Ibiza
2: like a B- no like, you, you want know, it, you like, want it uh, yeah. to sound like a beer from Louisiana so you want it to be EBITDA uh, uh, no, you're being uh, a
0: homer but I mean I just I just want it to sound a little more I, I, EBITDA just, when you say it it just doesn't sound as But we're talking about something sexy here Ebita, like oh, it, should, it should be EBITDA well, let me try, you know, like, let, let me try another way
2: Ebita where, did you vacation in Abita this you past did.
0: week yes I went, I, I went on vacation to Abita this past week you know yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm
2: glad you have your vaccine passport so you can go to Abita <laughs> uh,
0: Dustin with a story uh, like this I mean as Adam said it doesn't necessarily point to anything going on here that this is that doesn't happen with any other company or something like that it's more basically just kind of peeling back the the layers of the onion here as to showing a little bit how the the sausage is made for these guys making a bunch of money
1: Absolutely. And one thing I can tell you, I mean, the, the criticism uh, for at least from at least one analyst, I think was that the, the, the targets were misset. Uh, I mean, good luck setting forecasts for anything going on in the U S right now. Like, you know, back when these were set in 2019, could you really know exactly one, what, what States were going to be open Two, like draft was DraftKings absolutely going to be number one or number two in all these States. I don't know if you could say that back then. So, I mean, you know, it's real easy in retrospect to say, man, this was really easy. DraftKings targets they set for themselves, but that's not necessarily the case either. I don't think. Uh, and yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, you're gonna, you, you get the you get the jokes about lower lower the vig, lower the rake for DFS. But mm-hmm. you know, you know, these, these these guys have been doing this for a long time. I'm not gonna say they deserve it. They probably it is a it is a lot of money that the the founders got yeah. out of all of this. But you know, they've been uh, you know they've been doing this for a long time. They built they built a. a what is now a market leading platform you know so yeah. You, you From the the up, amounts, yeah but they yeah. kind of but they kind of they, they kind of deserve some of this i think right mm-hmm. maybe not the 240 million or 200 million numbers but
0: yeah, I, think what, I, I mean, I'll look at it. Th- I, I, met, I look yeah. at it this way. If if it were if it were me, Adam, I would uh, I would say that I definitely deserved the two hundred and forty million because like, you know, two hundred
2: and forty million. Like, uh, well, you know, I mean, all, that's, look, that's you, nice. you deserve two hundred forty million and an all expenses paid vacation <laughs> to EBITDA. I think it would be great to for Abita, you. I think it's yes. exactly what you deserve. <laughs> uh, no, and and it's important to note, as Dustin said, that what Morgan Stanley in the note said was targets were set too low and. Um, and that there is a new incentive plan for this year that, frankly, is reachable in a way that Morgan Stanley also pointed out might not have been uh, the best way to set it. But the DraftKings spokesperson who responded to our request for comment basically said, yeah, look, the, the stock took off in a way that, you know, we had no idea. Uh, we had yeah. no idea that the stock would rocket um, the way that it did. So you know, it certainly was one of the reasons that that compensation plan paid out the way that it did.
0: Yeah, I I think like what Dustin made is a pretty good point that, I mean, even I, I mean, listen, I don't think any of us thought the stock would have done what it did, because if that was the case, we would have unloaded all of our money into the stock because we would be super rich right now. If that were the case, I, I, you know, people just, I think, got super, super excited about the whole sports betting thing. And then, uh, you know, we've seen this with with basically all of these gaming stocks here recently, pretty. uh Pretty interesting. Dustin, we got to put this on the list of, uh, of T-shirts, by the way. We're going on vacation to Abita, So we're, we are like it of the T-shirts that we're getting made, you know, that are definitely getting made because that's what we do here. We talk about T-shirts that we're going to make that we never make for the podcast. But uh, put that one on the list.
1: Hey, I, I got to say, I made a play Pennsylvania and play NJ t-shirt that exists in the real world so really that th- those exist uh okay i don't think you know, well, buy those but uh, don't, don't know about you I, adam we, i don't have
2: one no, no we're, no, we're, we're all still one, waiting but, on that lines hat that tums has too so
1: <laughs> oh man yeah we need we need that stuff someday um but even is not sexy though man i don't know where you're getting this not, it's not sexy but <laughs> it's key of you
0: to think so. I'm just saying, right. uh, guys, as always, uh, you know, please subscribe, rate and review over on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, any place that you can find podcasts We're we're in there. And uh, all of those help us climb up the charts, helps more people find this podcast. So we do appreciate all those as well. Dustin, we've talked uh, probably, I guess, about the last four four podcasts here about what's going on in Canada. It seems as if we continue to kind of progress here. Are we still progressing?
1: We are progressing. We saw the end of last week, uh, the bill that would get rid of the ban on single game sports betting in Canada. We saw that move out of committee and to the full Senate. Correct me if I'm wrong, Adam. I believe that's up for debate is uh, today in in, uh, the Canadian parliament uh, the Canadian Senate to, uh, f- to consider what's going on there. So, uh, for a while we were stuck with the, it was nothing happened on the Canadian sports betting front. People were getting a little antsy, I think. Um, and you know, even like, even this bill sponsors like coin flip, this gets done in the, this year and now we're, we're moving forward. doesn't mean it's done deal. The, the vagaries of, of the Canadian parliament, who knows what happens there, but, um, you know, people are, you know, we, we got some testimony, Ontario, British Columbia are working on sports betting fr- frameworks already without this bill being passed. So they're going to be at least a couple of, uh, of the provinces, uh, again, just like the United States, we're seeing, we're going to see provinces legalize and regulate this. This is not all of a sudden Canada's, uh, is open game, but you're mm-hmm. seeing progress. We're going to see today if there's what, what the debate and what happens with the bill, I think, and then we'll, uh, could be moving toward uh, online sports betting either later this year or early this or early next in some provinces around Canada if all this uh, goes to goes to form. And Adam,
0: we've said this a couple of different times on, on the pod, but I mean, you know, Canada, although in size and population uh, don't really match up there, the uh, the population about the about that of California, we do expect it to be you know, pretty significant and pretty, pretty major player when it comes to to sports betting, just from anecdotal kind of stuff that we've gotten from people who've done some research up there that it's, uh, you know, they like their sports. They like their
2: home teams. They they like to gamble. Sure. And we have some history when it comes to sports betting in Canada because uh, they like some of the U.S. states prior to the fall of past, but have a sports betting product that has been there. You can bet on parlays. Mm -hmm. Uh, So they're used to the idea if I have to bet, multiple games, they just haven't had single game sports betting available to them legally and so yeah uh, actually as Dustin said uh, correct me if I'm wrong I was going to check our slack chat to make sure that there wasn't any news coming out of uh, that hearing today <laughs> because we're recording uh, right before that's all to start so yeah we're tracking what's going on in Canada uh, they have till the end of the month uh, to beat the end of the session to get something done and the good thing that you can say is that despite the fact that it's not done yet this does continue to get on calendars get discussed and get advanced it could be just something that we're waiting till the last second for an answer on.
1: And I'll point if you if you consider Canada to be a state, it would be the largest state that is legalized sports betting. Mm-hmm. I don't. You, you can Google things like "Is Canada a state" or "Why is Canada not a state," <laughs> which I've learned too, which is exciting.
0: Yes, yes, that just that pops up in the Google machine as well. Uh, Adam, uh, about half the clicks on these articles that have been popping up over at LSR <laughs> are probably coming from my handful of friends uh, down there in Baton Rouge and Shreveport. What is going on in Louisiana? Because that is the that is the hot topic amongst my text group. I'm getting text messages every single day. My we have a little uh, group thing going on that that every every other message right now is, hey, bro, is this getting done? I thought you said we were going to have this by the fall. You lied to me about DFS. Are you lying to me about sports betting? I didn't lie to you, but guys, by the way, it just, you know, lawmakers didn't didn't really prioritize that. But what's going on here in Louisiana?
2: Can't believe you haven't added me to this group text yet. as what's going on? I mean, because I could answer those questions as quickly as anybody else could. Uh, that's another one, actually, Matt, where I was checking our messaging right before we started recording the podcast because that actually is moving at the moment here on the very last day of okay. the Louisiana session. So, what do we have coming into today? Three bills that ultimately have to pass. You need something for the regulatory structure. You need for taxes. You need appropriations to all uh, be put into the right buckets and so one of those bills has passed has been signed into law the second of those bills just this morning uh received approval from uh the senate and the house and so that is on its way to the governor so we're two out of three we need all three three does appear to be doing well uh today so we should capital s on should should right. Be done with this by the end of the day in a favorable state. And if the governor signed one bill, the governor will sign all three bills. That would mean that your friends in Louisiana, I would say safely by the Super Bowl, uh, would have legal wagering available. It could be earlier uh, during the football season. Mm -hmm. But considering it's June 10th and we still have to promulgate a regulatory structure and rules and licensing, et cetera, et cetera, I wouldn't be counting on the beginning of football season.
0: And Dustin, one of the reasons I think that this is fairly significant, too, is because I think the first iteration, whenever we were going through all this process with Louisiana, there wasn't going to be mobile registration. There wasn't going to be mobile sign up. And that that changed along the way. And what that really does for the state in general is. Hey look, not only are you going to get Louisiana, but since Mississippi only has Mississippi Mobile, which you know we, we know nobody's even doing, so basically it's retail only in Mississippi, and then you also have Texas, which is right next door as well. Uh, the Louisiana market should it open up here anytime soon, especially during football season, could actually surprise some people, I think, with some numbers because you're going to pull a lot of people from Mississippi just that, that can cross over the border real quick that don't want to have to drive down to a physical casino you know, wherever those are located inside of Mississippi. And then, of course, we talk about Dallas and Houston in the proximity of those cities to the Louisiana border as well. Uh, football season, should it happen, you know, so at some point during football season, could be pretty interesting there.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to test you on Louisiana geography. I know you have that cold, So, <laughs> yeah, but driving traffic, definitely important, definitely exciting. Uh, I think in Louisiana, we've seen that evidence in other states. We continue to see it in New Jersey until New York launches an online betting product. And even then. We're not, you know, there, there's there's more options. New Jersey might mm-hmm. be better than whatever New York rolls out, as we have talked about. You know, same thing with Chicago and uh, Indiana before the, the when Indiana launched before Illinois launched. We see we saw a lot of uh, of crossover from from Chicago, Illinois border, other states where there was there wasn't anything going on, people coming into Indiana. So there, this is you know Louisiana almost perfectly situated, you, w- you would say from that standpoint. You know, yeah. there's there's just. The, the borders are good for them. They already get a lot of people coming to those casinos even. Right. So, yeah. uh, you know, the, 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 the temptation to, to, yeah, be able to sign up an app, drive across the border, place a few bets, go back home, uh, probably fairly substantial, I'd say in Louisiana.
0: So we've been following what's going on in Florida and Dustin, there is a guy that we have to add to our list of maybe he is not so friendly on our end. We're going to have to put on our, on our bad list here.
1: I don't know if it's on the bad list, but <laughs> I mean, he has some of the concerns of a lot of us. Do this is the yeah. the the mayor of Miami Beach, Dan Gelber, uh, send a letter requesting the Department of Interior, the Department of Interior, to reject the Seminole Compact that allows for. All sorts of things but sports betting approximately for us right mm-hmm. um he's worried about the expansion of casino gambling at a, at a hotel and trump Dural property um but you know he goes through you know lays out an argument that you know that people are going to be other than him too are going to be using uh to challenge this law and that you know that you know whether the department of interior who has to to uh, approve this compact with the summals uh agreed to with the governor and was approved by the state legislature um you know they're Lays out some of these arguments. And these are, these are, you know, these are, they, this is maybe the first time somebody's laid them all out in one place. And, but they, they're, they're real, they're real concerns for this. So, uh, great piece, great read by John Holden over at, at LSR. You should definitely read. It has one of my favorite. Uh, Favorite lines I've read recently, Uh, judging the impact of this letter is a bit like trying to predict the weather a year from now. Who knows what it means? (laughs) I mean, you know, I mean, he's imploring the federal government not to do this. I mean, the federal government's going to do what it wants to do. It's going to look at, you know, look at a compact, do what it thinks is right. Um, But, you know, this kind of this is the uh, uh, pronouncing exactly what people are taking issue with in some ways in terms of how Florida did uh, did its gaming compact and how sports betting could roll out uh, in Florida
0: and adam it goes without saying but we'll just we'll just reiterate here i mean again of the kind of the crown jewels that are out there that we've talked about over the you know since the inception of this podcast over the last you know few years that we've been doing this we've always talked about New York we've always talked about California we've always talked about Texas and then Florida being kind of the fourth of those kind of crown jewels of these states with tons of pro sports teams tons of college teams population all the things like that that would just make it a, a behemoth in the in the actual industry
2: without question and New York and Florida are both going to have some form of legal sports betting. Eventually, Um, we know what New York's situation is. July 1st is the latest uh, that that RFP can come out. And here in Florida, what we see is that if for some reason this were rejected by the federal government, if for some reason uh, a lawsuit were successful in blocking online sports betting, that there would at the very least be retail sports betting available in Florida. That being said, If it's a matter of this needs to go to the ballot and potentially be approved, that's not something that is out of the question either. It just would slow down uh, the potential growth of the market. And it would be a question of, you know, could you marshal enough resources behind a campaign for online sports betting to push it through the ballot successfully against what will be a well-funded opposition as well? So it's going to happen. It's just a matter of what it's going to look like. We've talked
0: uh, at length here about Tennessee and the things that are going on in Tennessee. Now, listen, it was a state that did not have any casino gambling. So it whenever it launched sports betting, it was going to be the the state with only online, only mobile. Uh, It was all mobile. We were going to have to have this regulated through people that, again, since there wasn't casinos in this in the state that were kind of entering a a fray that they had maybe not before and not really fully understanding. And with that, we've had a couple of bumps along the way here, Adam. Um, How is this coming along there in Tennessee in this transition of who's actually going to run stuff there?
2: Swimmingly, if the pool were empty, Um, this is not (laughs) the straightforward process that you would like to see in terms of regulation when you consider that the body that is regulating sports betting right now asked to no longer regulate sports betting. Uh, The state (laughs) legislature passed a bill essentially transferring responsibility from the Tennessee Education Lottery, which had been the regulator to the Sports Wagering Advisory Committee, which, as we talked about last week, uh, is not necessarily made up of experts from the industry. Uh, It is sort of a hodgepodge group that's been thrown together, and they had their first meeting in the last couple of weeks uh, we had to multiple times request that audio from the meeting because there's no video, there's no audio, there's no live way to track what's going on with the meeting. Why did we have to ask so many times? Well, as the <laughs> committee said to us, to our Matt Waters, we don't actually have any staff yet. Uh, so we got to figure out who's supposed to get you that audio. Is it coming from us? Is it coming from the lottery? Uh, we don't really know. Um, so they don't have staff. They don't have an executive director. Um, They have five pending applications for legal sports books in Tennessee. And the general counsel of the lottery got up at the sports wagering advisory committee meeting this month and said, "Uh, hey, we can't guarantee you that any of these applications that are in the pipeline right now are going to be ready by football season. Really? Wow. You have a market that produced one of the most successful launches in the country in terms of how much handle was taken in over its first few months. And you're essentially saying, well, we're not sure we're going to be able to expand it by the time next football season comes around, because they're saying, well, the next meeting of the lottery that would consider this is until August 18th. You've got two months to pull this together. I don't understand exactly what's going on here. You have five more sports books that want to play in your state and you're saying, oh, Julio's about to take the field for crying out loud. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Julio's down the street now. Yeah, I mean me me and Julio down (laughs) at the sports book are supposed to be able to get together here.
0: (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, I mean I I, I say that like kind of jokingly, but seriously, I mean, we, we saw Tennessee was one of the very most Homer markets that there was. And so with these sports books that want to come play in the sandbox dustin it's like they're probably like hey look we'd like to take some of these futures here on the titans and some of these other teams because like uh, you know these these people like to bet the home team so we'd really like to get that money flowing in here
1: no doubt uh yeah and it's it is just aggravating like <laughs> like yeah you you took forever to get, to go you get somebody so x x sportsbooks live and that yeah i just don't i just don't it it hurts my brain. It hurts my brain for so many reasons that we're not that we're, that we're doing that we're doing this. It's like and it's 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 frustrating because they've like reinvented the wheel. It doesn't need to be reinvented. Like, you know, you don't need to you don't need to entirely piggyback off of what everybody else does. But does it really is it really this hard? It's not this hard. You know, we've got these 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 books are generally I mean, I'm whoever the list of five sports is. these are regulated in other venues. You don't. Yeah. The due diligence has been done to some extent on them. You do not have to reinvent the wheel. You need to do your due diligence to make sure they're, you know, squared away. You know, obviously we know with, with the with the one sports book, that's only in Tennessee, that wasn't the place, but these, these guys are in, every, these sports books are in almost every state um, or, or multiple states. At least they're not, you know, they're not trying to get away with anything. So please, yeah, let's, let's yeah. get these sports books live by, by NFL season, please, please God.
0: Yes. Let them, let them have an equal opportunity to succeed yeah. here. And, uh, and finally here, As we do each week, Adam, take us home here with some uh, state roundup.
2: Well, let's start in the great state of Massachusetts, where we're going to have a hearing on sports betting next week. Now, that hearing will start on a particular day. I can't guarantee it will end on that day, though, because there are two dozen bills that are under some form of consideration (laughs) in Massachusetts. And it's sort of like, guys, I love the enthusiasm. But I'm not sure that two dozen bills is necessarily the most efficient way to legalize sports wagering in your state. So good to see some motion happening in Massachusetts. Their legislature goes through the end of the year, so um, they have the same impetus that everybody else does. Let's try to get something up during football season, because if you look around, Massachusetts, you see that Connecticut is on its way to having legal sports betting. New Hampshire already has legal sports betting. Maine is trying to legalize sports betting. Rhode Island has legal sports betting. And so Massachusetts is essentially bleeding dollars over the borders right now and might be doing that more so with some of the other states that are coming to pass. States that have legalized sports betting and are getting going might not be the largest, but I think bear watching. Uh, South Dakota, we know voters approved... Uh, Legal sports betting in Deadwood in South Dakota in November. Those rules are on their way to getting done. Uh, It's going to be retail only. This is not a huge market in terms of having legal sports betting. But it's one of those things where you look and say once there's a foundation in place that there could be a way to build upon that uh, and maybe have some form of mobile later on because the rules in Wyoming do tend to be uh, slightly open to interpretation in terms of whether there could be mobile. Uh, They're not going to do it right now, though. Wyoming is going to be mobile. In fact, it's going to be all mobile. In fact, it's going to be the second only uh, mobile jurisdiction in the U.S. after Tennessee, which we just talked about. Uh, Their rules will be up for final approval by next month. Uh, They could be up and running By football season, reasonable tax rate, open market, all mobile, Um, Wyoming is important to look at because it's going to offer a potential regulatory model for other states to take a look at. And so uh, more states coming and we are tracking all of the comings and goings, including a new bill in Ohio that should drop next week and some other developments across the country, as always at LegalSportsReport.com.
0: As we say each and every week here on the podcast All the written words for all the stories That we talk about here on the pod Find over at LegalSportsReport.com Go in, take in all of the great work That Adam and his team are doing over there Putting in the hard work Putting in the long hours Reading things and listening to things So you don't have to And that is the best thing about LegalSportsReport.com Follow Dustin on the Twitter machine At Dustin Galker Follow Adam at Adam Candy Two E's, no why and no need follow me don't worry about it for Dustin for Adam I'm Matt talk to you guys next week pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks oh yeah that's me